The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing enterprise SEO content strategy. Joining me today is Lauren McKechnie, who is the head of SEO at Palo Alto Networks. Lauren has been in the industry since 2008, working on enterprise SEO. He has a wealth of knowledge and has worked in a variety of industries. He's worked on the real estate side with realtor.com. He's been in the hiring uh, space with Simply Hire, also in the health space with CRC Health Group, also spent quite a bit of time at Semantic Norton LifeLock and has since been at Palo Alto Networks for the last two years. He's been a foundational element in the SEO community in the Bay Area and super excited to have him on the show today. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's my conversation with Lauren McKechnie, head of SEO at Palo Alto Network. Lauren, thanks for being on the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Tyson. I'm great. Yeah, I've been I've been looking forward to this conversation. And I think we originally met when you were back at Symantec. And, you know, we were just kind of talking on the side. We were catching up and you were giving me a little bit of your perspective on enterprise content strategy. So I'm really looking forward to jumping into the content today and kind of seeing how you think about this at the enterprise level. 
But before we jump into the content, I know you've been just within the SEO community, especially within like the Bay Area groups for a while. Maybe if you could kind of just give the listeners a little bit of the kind of off the record of where you've kind of fit into SEO over the years. Sure. Well, SEO is very unique in that we represent the customer to the company because, you know, we're looking at keywords, we're looking at the questions that people have. And so I sort of call it sort of like a translation role. We translate the customer's desires and queries and things that they're interested in and translate it to the companies that we work for. And we also have to have a business mind while we're doing that, uh, of course. But uh, I've worked at many different companies in the Bay Area, really enjoyed, you know, kind of being uh, at the heart of uh, Silicon Valley and what the world is doing today. Yeah. And I think especially with like your experience and content strategy, like some of those industries that you've had experience in are, you know, some of the tighter, like tougher industries. It's like you've hit on finance, you've hit on kind of like the security space. And so those are those are industries that have fairly high stakes as far as kind of like where the waterline is at on it. Kind of getting into the content strategy aspect of this, like how would you describe and like what would you say is like the traditional approach to content strategy? Sure. Well, yeah, to your point, I've worked for a lot of really large websites that have lots of web pages. When I joined Realtor, it was a great move on my part in that we came into a world where everybody's content was the same. It was MLS listings. And the question was, how do you make those different? And so I quickly learned that there were 62,000 city names in the United States and that people search in a certain pattern. They're looking for a house or an apartment or a condo, right? All the filter criteria that you think of in search results. I want a two-bedroom house in Cupertino with a garage, blah, 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 whatever. And so quickly learned that, okay, the customer is the center of this. It's what the customer wants that we need to listen to. And we have to be really careful for spending time blogging and doing other things and talking about our releases and talking about our new features and this and that. There's a lot of opportunity costs there if that strategy doesn't necessarily align with how people search. Because, you know, how you improve your product is often very different than where the people are searching and exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. And with that, I think like the the key piece on setting yourself apart and offering something new and with that kind of user-centric approach it's how do you not just produce or how do you not just have the exact same kind of, let's call it like filler content as the rest of the industry. Thinking today, and I know a lot of people kind of will use the, you know, the term of like a content funnel. And it's like, we're reaching them at the early stage of the buying cycle. And then we're moving them through our funnel, getting us closer to conversions. And from a previous conversation with you, you were kind of challenging this a bit. And I thought that was an interesting perspective because it's something that has become so standardized as like, yep, content, yep, it's a funnel, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you kind of think about that aspect? Yeah, great question. The A funnel has, I mean, just, you know, shapes in general. I mean, every word we use has all these connotations about how you learned what it meant when you were three years old and, and to today. And so a funnel kind of has has the element of gravity to it in that everything gets forced down the bottom of the funnel. And, you know, as marketers and, and business people, that's what we would love to believe. 
but really your funnel is very leaky and, and everybody's trying to go back to watch cat videos. They don't want to go through your sales process. Um, <laughs> so I flip the funnel completely upside down and I see it more of like a mountain. It's more of sort of a journey that you're going on with your customer. And they may be like, oh, what does it take to climb Mount Everest? Or like, what kind of hiking shoes do I, you know, should I get to hike Mount Tamapias or something like that? All the way up to like, you know, how to hire a Sherpa and how much oxygen do you need K2 or something. So there's different points of this journey. But if we think about like the most important conversions that we've ever done in our life, like say finding a partner or something like that, it all started with like the yes to coffee and the yes to dinner and the yes to meet the parents and, you know, whatever. Some are more traditional than others, but it's a, a series of micro conversions, right? It's a series of, of these little micro yes moments. And so like gravity is working against you. I mean, the entire world is pretty much working against us on this, on that whole journey. So it's having the stepping stones, if you will, or the, the stairs on this journey to climb this mountain together with your customer. So like the example I always like to use kind of in the antivirus space when I was working at Norton was, why do I have a blue screen? Do I have a virus? How do I know if I have a virus? Oh, I need a virus scanner. Are there free virus scanners, right? Those are all thought processes that we will put into a keyword and put into a query. And then on the back end, you know, we have much like the FBI and CIA, we have the ability to see what people are searching for in mass. And so we can then say, oh, this is the keyword I want to target. This is the key, the content that I want to target. And so we have to be careful to make sure that, as you mentioned, we are doing at like the very foundation or bottom of the mountain or top of the funnel, however you want to talk about it, that we have that content so that we can kind of bring them along on that journey. Marketing, we call it sort of product placement. It's like, oh, well, here's how you do something. And oh, by the way, here's the process to do it. And oh, by the way, here's a product that helps you do it better. I, I like the the component of that analogy with with gravity because it's like, yeah, when you think about it in this funnel, it's like, oh, I I just need to get them in the top of the funnel and they're going to make their way down. But it is true. It's like, it's almost more of like, there's everything working against you that they could fall out of that funnel. And it does take more effort to have those frequent touch points and bring them along through their own thought process. And it's it's not a guarantee that just because they entered one of your top of funnel head terms, that they are going to kind of follow you down that entire path intuitively. So I do like that kind of shift of perspective on this, you know, more standardized viewpoint of this aspect of our industry. We easily say, oh, just be the customer. Think of the customer. Oh, represent the customer. You know, there's empty chairs at boardroom tables representing the customer, all of that. But it's actually really hard to do. Like in your own life, you've got a new hobby and you found that new forum or that blog that like speaks exactly to where you are in your journey and this new hobby that you have. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best website that's ever been made. That's what you want your website to be to the person that is your prospective customer, that feeling. And so you have the opportunity to bring them along from the very beginning stages to then start to think the way that you think, to start to think in a way that ends up framing your products as the, just the logical and best way to solve their, their new problems uh, as they're discovering them. Absolutely. And digging kind of like a, a bit further from that, like it's a bit of a unique kind of approach to, I'll think about it, 
like so what's the origins of it like where did this kind of come from in your own like development sure i think all of us are an assembly of all of our life's experiences and for me i had a unique childhood i grew up uh, in a family of psychologists i was an only child so around the dinner table on the weekends for a dinner party it was it was me at 5 6 years old and five or six PhDs in psychology. And so that was a very interesting experience in terms of just how I learned to think and start. I think there's a very important part in anyone's life where they sort of are you know, a coming of age or a, in terms of thought of how you think, how you analyze the structures in which you start to think. And so that's where it started for me, just kind of understand, wanting to understand how people think, why they do what they do. And so some of those people that were at the dinner table actually ended up being pretty famous psychologists. And Dr. Harrison Goff and Dr. Ted Sarbin were my father's PhD professors at Berkeley. My dad actually ended up teaching psychology at Berkeley for a little bit before going into private practice. And those guys created some, they were leaders in their space. They created, you know, uh, the company that they created uh, called the Consulting Psychologists Press, you know, is now called Myers-Briggs Inventory. That's a, a pretty famous test for psych- how the way people think and the skills and the, the things that people bring to the table from their own experience. And so that early framing, and then I had a career in sales. I started my own company doing smart home theater design in Monterey and Pebble Beach and Carmel, where the customer was right. Like whatever the customer's vision was or whatever I could show them in terms of the coolest TVs and plasma screens and flat screens and drop down projectors and tablets that would that were custom designed with the floor plan of their house and every shade and light and element that you could possibly want i would bring that technology to them in their home and so that whole process of how people think what do they want why do they want it what's cool all of that sort of comes comes from my history and there's a really important book that I want to share with people. This is another contemporary of my father, Dr. Robert Cialdini, wrote a book called Presuasion. And I think almost everything that we do in digital marketing has an element of presuasion. And the premise of that book, it's complex. We won't get into it here. But basically is that the things that happened to you in the past few hours, in the past few weeks, and whatever the conversion you know, cycle is for your product, that experience that that potential customer had influences their decision. Did they come to your website? Did they experience your upper funnel content, we'll call it? Did you help them learn to understand this area, learn to understand their problems? Did you build that trust with them? We go through a whole lot of thought processes in terms of, hey, validate my problem. Why do I have a blue screen? Is it a virus? How do I get rid of it? How do I perfect, protect myself? Then there's social, the social dimension. You know, what do other people say as good, are good solutions? Like there's a decision, I call a decision-making arc. And so, you know, Robert Cialdini's book about persuasion says that whatever happens right before the, the buying moment, which are really good at analyzing that last touch moment, like what page were they on when they clicked the buy button? Oh, let's just do more of that. That whole process fascinates me. And I think that would be a great book for other people to read. That's a great recommendation and definitely one that that I'll be checking out because from your like experience and background, I feel like it sounds like it offers so many like just fundamental principles that can help you or help, you know, anyone in 
the successful pursuit in an SEO career because like I'm a really big supporter of digging into the kind of the philosophy or the, the theoretical side of our business because I feel like it paints a more accurate picture of the landscape or the playing field that we're operating on. And oftentimes people are always wanting to just jump right into the tactics and tactics obviously are going to evolve. They're going to change. But when you get to understanding these, like the frameworks and kind of the fundamentals within it, it allows you to then apply those in a variety of situations, forms. And so I really like to just having that kind of groundwork of like, okay, this then sets the foundation for how we should be thinking about this and then how we can move forward from there. Absolutely. I mean, as, as I've learned in my career, there's another psychological concept I want to throw out there, very critical, called the Dunning-Kruger effect. I'll let you look it up and the guests look it up. But we are the website, right? That's kind of usually most of what we do, but social video as well. Like that experience is now like 90% of the sales experience. Like the decisions are made, particularly on the enterprise side, the decisions are mostly made before you're, they even reach out to your sales team. Right? They've done those, those vetting thought processes. And so you have to make sure you have content that helps them support those micro decisions that are made before you're even communicating with the customer. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Absolutely. No, how else can we think about like this? I mean, we'll refrain from saying content funnel, but uh, the content mountain and like how, what are some of the elements within enterprise? Because at the enterprise level, it's almost like you're playing almost a new game where there's just different nuances, different elements to it that may be a bit different than if you're working for a smaller size website. So what are some of the, the elements that you think about this in the enterprise lens? Sure. Yeah, I think if you work for a big enterprise, there is one advantage that you really potentially have that you have to leverage that most people don't. And you have a good brand, you've got lots of backlinks, you have some sort of social sentiment. There's all sorts of like foundational elements to working at a bigger company, which is amazing. But the one thing that's hard to unleash, and it's actually very hard to unleash in the cybersecurity space, 
is first party data. So, you know, I think back to like the real estate space and I think back to how good one of our competitors, Zillow, was at getting their leadership on the news, getting them to say, oh, in this little micro market, the housing inventory has gone up by this or it's simply hired. The job listings for this particular career have gone up or down by that. With all the layoffs in Silicon Valley right now, I'm seeing some of that analysis come out. You, so you have, as one of those leading companies, you have the ability to get on mass media, to get interviewed on television, backlinks, press releases, all that great stuff, right? The SEO dimensions we like. And that just is a fuel for the entire content marketing industry. So if you can figure out a way to analyze or even in some elements like microanalyze by market, by threat type, by whatever it might be, if you can bring that to market, it will really boost your enterprise content strategy. Absolutely. And that's something that I was just talking with one of our clients about. And it wasn't as much like we had to keep refraining of like, hey, this isn't simply just like backlinks. Like we're not trying to just go out and buy backlinks. Like sure, there's the added value of that. But then it's that added awareness and also thinking about how these different touch points all feed into organic search and the overall process that the user and the consumer is going through across this journey. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about all these ranking factors and interplay between them and all these different things. But at the end of the day, we know it's a black box that the SEO community has done a lot of testing against. And so we have some visibility. It's like sonar or something, right? We're like, oh, I tried this and I got a ping back and, and I got this result and I'm, I can't see it. It's not like a video feed, but we kind of like know where it is down there somewhere. But I take it to a higher level. And I, you think that we're kind of relatively past the good old days of these named algorithm updates, right? And the search engines are changing so many things so quickly. And then you take a step back and you go, well, how do they do that? Well, a big piece of that is machine learning and it's human supervised machine learning. So what we do, the user experience of, you know, pogo searches, like, do I click on something at the number one search result? And then I go, oh, that's not what I want. And I go back and then I refine my query or I go to the number two result, right? Like that's the human supervision of the machine learning algorithm that that is search engines today. So we have to, there's a lot of questions inside that right? Like garbage in, garbage out. And who's your, you know, who is your filter bubbles and who's your audience and do they know better? Do you know better? All sorts of different questions. But at the end of the day, you have to create the winning experience if you want to get the traffic. Absolutely. And it's, it's absolutely true too with like where we're at in SEO today. And it's not our previous kind of like static. These are the ranking factors. These are the things you need to deliver on. Because it is, it's a dynamic element, like the queries that you were going after within the real estate markets can be very different than cybersecurity and what's important to the user in that and is going to have some nuances, but also how a search engine is going to be evaluating and determining what the most relevant or the best content to rank for is going to have different rules to it. Within kind of the, the vein of machine learning, deep learning, I don't know if we can have a podcast today anymore without touching on AI at some level, just because of how dominant it's been across the industry. 
But like, how do you think about some of the recent developments in AI and how does that impact your approach or how you think about content production? Sure. Well, wow, it's a big topic. Um, and I've been diving in very <laughs> deeply on it recently. I mean, it's been a hobby area of mine for a while. We have a common friend, uh, Warren Lee. He created a company, a startup called Addressable AI. And that kind of analyzes where somebody is in this content journey and kind of benchmarks them across different websites and kind of a, a little bit of a response to, you know, third party cookie stuff as well. Like the, the key element of all of that is knowing your customer, like we've just been talking about. And then how do you not only use AI to analyze and get the right message at the right time, but how do you make what you put out there better than everybody else. Because we have a lot of SEO tools have been built in the last few years that sort of say, oh, well, if you want to rank number one, you just need to look at the machine learning output of current rankings and do what the person in position one and two is doing. Just do what they do. And that's the best we know today. But we have to take it that next step above that. We have to not only just regurgitate in an echo chamber, we have to continue on and continue to innovate and continue that thought process. And so for the enterprise, how do you do that? And so one of the, the areas that, that I think is, is also key is that SEO is a team sport. Like your experiences in SEO are different than mine. Your background is different than mine, my approach, all the rest. And we have to work together to throw these ideas around in a room. Or now if you kind of work in the middle of the night by yourself, you can use a chatbot to kind of help you do that, which is kind of cool. But uh, the key really is as an SEO, like you're usually a team of a few people in a really big company, but SEO is a team sport. Every single person, we talked about all the ranking elements, every single person, the CEO, the guy that, or girl who appears on the news, the press release, the PR team, like every single sales team, Every single person has the ability to do something that influences SEO. And so, like I said, it's a, it is a whole of your company approach. And so how do we get that experience that brings to bear like the best that we have multidisciplinary across all of these different areas? And so I think it's the SEO's role, kind of as I started, it's the SEO's role to be that customer, to really champion that customer and, and ask those hard questions like, okay, why are they searching for this keyword? Why are they actually searching for this keyword? What is their day-to-day -day job that they're doing, their tasks that they're doing? How are they doing them? Are they doing them manually? Are they doing them in a spreadsheet? Are they doing them in a software? Are they doing them in a competitor software? Are they doing them in our software? Can we teach them how to do it better? Like, What is it that they, nobody but SEO searches for fun? Everybody else searches for a reason. They want to get something done. So they can just go back to cat videos, which is why the internet was invented. But so we, we have to bring everybody together and we have to say, what are the problems that the sales, like what are the silver bullets that the sales team finds out people really love our product when they hear about this? Or what are the things that get people to switch from their product to our product? Like those are the content journeys that we have to create. And those elements of knowledge are probably not in an AI and those elements of knowledge are not in our content marketing teams. So we have to, again, create this holistic journey where every stepping stone is so close together, it basically turns into a road with no gaps in between it. Absolutely. And I, from my perspective too, I mean, I guess first, shout out to Warren Lee, fellow uh, product in Northern California, <laughs> like both of us. So, I mean, definitely look him up as well. But 
I like that perspective on AI because, and we were kind of just quickly chatting about this before we jumped on here. And you have the potential here of having like very homogenous content if you're strictly just looking at the standard outputs from any one of these tools. And so leaning into that uniqueness, that human element of the components within an organization or an SEO team, or really like not just the SEO team, but any of the partners, stakeholders, members of the organization, I think is a really strong and good recommendation because we do have to think about what is the creative, what is the unique element that our business has to offer And ultimately, if it's in line with, again, that user and the needs of the user, that's still going to be the same thing that the search engines and any of these AI systems are going to be chasing after. So I think that kind of brings us back into that kind of theoretical framework of the problem to then be like, okay, these are the best solutions to progress forward from it. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Lauren McKechnie, head of SEO at Palo Alto Networks for joining us in part two of this conversation, which will be published tomorrow. Lauren and I are going to continue the conversation and further progress on rethinking enterprise SEO content strategy. If you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn more about Lauren, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes and check out our episode tomorrow where we'll continue the conversation. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.